Hello, and welcome to the fucking show. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by 24-Hour Energy. You can get it at your local gas station. It makes your crotch stink, but it gives you a nice jittery buzz, and it comes in four wonderful flavors. Also, wanted to remind you that today is Punch a Poser Day. So if you see a poser, punch him right in the fucking mouth. Okay, we have a special guest today. He's the drummer of Jane's Addiction and Porno for Pyros and a lot of other bands, Mr. Stephen Percy. Ha- so close, so close. You know, there's a wonderful rock and roll singer from San Diego, a great-looking guy, wonderful style, and the way he wears his pants. I mean, forget it. Now that's Stephen Piercy. Who you're talking to is Stephen with a PH, also known as the Perk, Stephen Perkins. And interesting enough, Perkins sounds like percussion. Percussion is what I do, not only for fun, that's how I make a living. I'm so sorry, honey. It's nice to speak to you. And and you are, I, for, my, I got your name right once, and then I got it left, and then what, I went straight and went backwards. What's your name? My, my name is Grace. Grace. Now listen to me, Grace. That's one of the most beautiful words, beautiful names. It's like well, a flower. It's like a prayer. It's hope. Well, God bless you so much. It's a pleasure. It's so wonderful to have you on my show. But anyway, I think the first question I have for you is uh, how much butt fucking goes on uh, on to, on your tour on average? Well, we, we try to keep it at a, a negative number. You know, uh, anything below zero, I think, is the goal. And God, and God bless what you guys do. I think it's important for any young people listening right now to have some background knowledge to what the scene was like when Jane's Addiction was starting out. In the mid-'80s, you know, you had the Sunset Strip, uh, with the hair metal, which wasn't even called hair metal. It was called heavy metal, wasn't it? But then, yeah, there was there was the the, the movement of of hairspray and teasing of the hair, and I always found that hairspray was good for flame throwing, and teasing was good for people you didn't want to be friends with. Well, that's interesting. I never knew that the alternative scene used hairspray as well. Now, the thing about heavy metal is it's heavy. It's metal. It's heavy metal. And the thing about that is when you put it on, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like conquering. It makes you feel like doing the right thing and not the wrong thing. You know, I would leave a punk rock show, and as I would walk out, I might kick a a flower pot over and make a big mess. But when you leave a heavy metal show, you're hand in hand with your girlfriend, and you go home and make babies. So heavy metal, even though it was aggressive and mean, I think it was a great baby-making type of music. That's interesting you'd say that because, you know, they always talked about the fun aspect of it. And speaking of heavy, I noticed on the Sunset Strip they let all the hot girls come in. They keep the fatties outside. But you guys in the alternative scene would actually let fat people come to your shows. This is something we would uh, agree on between all band members. Uh, Color, weight, size had nothing to do with what we wanted in the room. We wanted a room full of eclectic people, no matter what they ate, drank, slept, or thought of. It wouldn't have been better if you kept the fat people outside because they take up room and they're sweaty. That's true. 
if you have a room full of obese people and the capacity is 900, can you really fit 900 obese people in there? That's that's the question for the fire department and the fire marshal. Now, these are big discussions we have with our manager, our agent, our publicist. We want to sell as many tickets as possible, yes, but we also want to have a safe concert, a concert where people can move around and have a little elbow room and get through the doorway, so to speak. So there was those, those big discussions, but we never put any disclaimer on the ticket or the flyer. And we also were very welcome to anybody that might have gone through a, a, a change and, and maybe a, a medical issue made them put weight on or vice versa. They were, they were very large people, and then a medical issue made them lose weight. And so they're all welcome. And the lyrics sometimes would coincide with our fans, and we'd hear fans singing words proudly and loudly, wondering why they were relating to these words. And then you took a look at the body, and you said, yes, I see the, I see the, the reason why these words ring a bell with these people. Well, you know, maybe, if though, if you avoided downtown you know, you perhaps could have gotten a nicer dressing room with some Evian water, maybe some champagne or those cranberry pistachio crackers, you know. But downtown, you know, you get stuck in a room with a bunch of freaks. They wear weird clothes. They're on drugs. You know, you got Mike Watt farting in the corner. There's no glamour. Uh, and there's regular people, too. Regular people. Now, this is the question I've always tried to figure out. You know, I, I, I eat my fiber, I exercise quite often, and the goal is to be regular, and the goal is to keep the body regular and keep it moving, keep the bowel movements uh, as, as many as possible through the day and night if you can get out of bed, and these are the type of things that keep people regular. Now, normal is quite different. Oh, know. honey, I'm sorry. I'm getting a phone call. Some lady keeps calling me. She's looking for my granddaughter, Emma. Can you hold on a minute? All right, Granny Grace. I'll be holding. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Some gal keeps calling me, and she says she wants to talk to my granddaughter, but I just think she's some whore. Well, the granddaughter or the friend calling? This, the this the, the lady calling. She wants to fuck my grandson. I think she wants to fuck my granddaughter, too. Well, there's a problem with that, because for unknown carnal knowledge, based on the feeling that it's bad. But is it? No. No, when you do it for making babies, now that's bad. But when you do it for pleasure, and come on, what's bad about that? It's a, heal, it's a way to heal your hips. If your hips don't feel so lubricated, 
you know, if they don't move as much as they should have because you're not listening to the right Jackson Five record, you got to do something about it. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't let that lady call your grandparents, granddaughters, or grandsisters. I would just let them, let them figure it out themselves. But also be aware that it's not a bad thing to love people. Well, that's an interesting concept. I'll have to look into that. Now, I have a question. What kind of music were you into starting out when you started playing? As a drummer, I always wanted to be a jazz drummer. These jazz drummers, they would, they would smoke these, uh, I guess you can call it the devil's lettuce. Uh, they were wacky, doing drugs. Wacky tobacco? Yes, like Buddy Rich. And, and there was something exciting about the music. I didn't think the drugs really... Open the door to the music, but it was interesting to know that these cats were doing all that. But what I loved about the jazz musicians, they all sounded different from each other. Now, someone who doesn't appreciate jazz might think it all sounds the same. But as a jazz lover, I was able to feel different by listening to Dizzy Gillespie or John Coltrane or putting on a Buddy Rich record, one of the great drummers of all time or Gene Krupa, one of the most fantastic tribal drummers, and take these experiences and put it right into my own music. And there was something fierce, ferocious, urgent, and and deliberate about jazz musicians. But if you ever notice, some of the great drummers from the early rock and roll days, uh, John Bonham, uh, Bill Ward from Black Sabbath, uh, Charlie from The Stones, Ringo from The Beatles, That's Ginger... Right. Cream, and so I think that the greatest thing for me is to find music that has the hybrid of everyone in the band is listening to different types of music, they dress differently, and maybe they don't belong together, but that's what makes the music so great. So, I'm not sure if that answered your question. Well, no, it did. I mean, uh, speaking of uh, John Bonham, I mean, all the guys in Zeppelin, uh, John, Paul, and Jones, they were all into jazz, yes, John, Paul. And Jones, all three of them were, were quite um, eclectic musicians. And then um, they would use session guys to do the vocals and guitar parts, uh, people we don't, we never heard of. But, um, you know, that's another story. That's a whole other phone call. Oh, but, speaking uh, of phone calls, I'm getting a phone call right now. Can you hold on? I'm so sorry. I'm going to grab my forehead and put it on the table and hold it. Okay. And I'll wait for you to come back. Okay. Hello. How are you? My name is with the business listing department. I am trying to reach the owner concerning your business listing on Google.com. Am I speaking with the owner? Yes. How are you doing today? Well, my arm hurts. Your arm hurts. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, we're calling about your business listing on the internet on Google.com. Yes, uh, you guys have called before and I told you what we do. What do you do? We make dildos. All right, and so how's that working for you? Well, it's doing great. Business is really? booming, you... and this is the third time you called. So why don't well, you just list it on, on the Google? Because we don't list it on the Google for free, the same way that you stick uh, Googles up people's ass for a profit. We don't do that for free. Then why are you calling? Because we want to stick a dildo up your ass. Well, why don't you stick it up your mother's ass and stop calling my business? I'm so sorry about that. That was Google calling me. They said they want to stick dildos up my ass. 
Do you get those calls? Oh, oh, I don't know if I do have. I, I'm not sure if I have gotten those calls. I wasn't able to figure out that's what they wanted. So for you to be able to get to the point so quickly and to understand what they're calling about, that's important because I'll be talking to someone and it could be a cold call, it could be a teleprompter call, it could be an AI call. And I'm still in there 10 minutes into it wondering, why am I on the phone with this person? And what do they want from me? And with me giving them all my information, the bank account, my driver's license, my SSL number, is that a problem? No, I always give them the same information, and they straight up told me they want to stick a dildo up my ass. Yeah, see. <sighs> That's something I, I think if you would forward my number to them, and I can, I can figure this out with them and get to the bottom of it, so to speak. Okay, now back to this jazz stuff. Now, having a natural swing, does that help in the studio? Well, swinging is a wonderful thing. To me, it's like when Tarzan, he was a uh, fictional character, um, and and he would grab one vine, swing, let go of the vine, and he'd be in the midair grabbing the next vine. But there's a swing to that. He's at the top of the vine, he swings low, and then he goes back up high, and then when he lets go, he's free-forming. He's, uh, he's not grabbing onto anything. And I love that's the feeling of a drum swinging. Oh. You, know, it, you know there's something to grab onto in a second. Don't worry, you'll get there. In the meantime, the momentum keeps, keep, uh, kind of kicks up from grabbing the, the vine and swinging towards the next one you speed up your momentum and your gravity pull. And so the drummers have that power to swing. And if you consider each vine uh, a beat or a click or a downbeat of the song, and then what goes between that? When you listen to a click track, a metronome, this is something that drummers and musicians work with. Tick, 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 tick. In between each tick, there's so much more. It's just silence, but there's also subdivision ticks. And if you can pick those subdivision ticks and grab one of them and then stick to your stick to your guns, you can start swinging. Now, some musicians like a linear straight ahead beat, sometimes they call it four in the floor, and they want to have less swing and more, in a sense, the march, the military march, dun, 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 no swing. And so you have to be aware of what swing is so you don't do it. So even when you're not playing swing feel, you are aware of what swings and doesn't. And you can either subtract or edit that feeling away or add more of it. That's interesting. You know, me and my husband were swingers. Uh, We were pioneers in the lifestyle in Florida in the 80s. I was actually in charge of the whole thing. Everyone would put their keys in the fishbowl, and I'd be the one to pull them out and say, Okay, Corey is fucking Tessa. (laughs) <laughs> so I know about swing. Now, now what's, as, a, as a swingers race, what, what 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 were you looking for? Young, old, the same age, uh, something that you've never tried before. What was your what was your quest? Well, I suppose it was uh, like you said, where you're swinging from a branch to another, but there's a lot of people in the room. Now I have a question. I notice a lot of drummers out there that put a lot of their personality into their playing. Like you, you know, you have a fun tribal kind of stoner from outer space vibe. Uh, Have you noticed that with a lot of drummers that put their personality into their playing? Well, that's interesting you said that. 
Uh, I really feel my favorite moments with a musician is getting to know their personality. Uh, I may have never hung out with Neil Peart or Keith Moon, but I feel like I know their personality because of their drumming and, and what they put into the, the actual uh, performance makes me feel like I've got a, a, a perfect insight to who they are. Yes, uh, Neil, Neil Peart is Neil, very precise. Neil Peart, well, Neil Peart seems like he was studious, disciplined, educated. Yes. Keith Moon seemed like he was an emotional um, gesture for the court. Uh, Mike Watt, he's a very strong personality, one of the great bass players of Los Angeles and the world itself, one of the great godfathers of punk rock. He has got a lot to say, but he's also very musical and, and he has a shy side, and you can hear that in his bass playing. Stuart Copeland, the drummer from The Police, seems like he might have an attention issue because he plays one part and then he splits it in half and plays another and then he splits that in half and plays a third part. And this is only in the first verse. So I get to know people through their instrument. Now with my drumming, I'm very talkative, bubbly, happy person. And so you can hear that in my drumming, a happy, bubbly um, personality playing an instrument. Um, there's a great way to learn how to play by trying to replicate your heroes and you, you grow up listening to music and trying to replicate the performances that you love and then you realize okay the drummer from black sabbath grew up in england post ww2 and birmingham was mostly still in rubble and the streets were still stones piled up after the nazis took it out and a lot of the people were working in factories and that's why you hear this powerful drumming and then you hear the drumming from, uh, let's say, uh, coming out of Miami, where there's half-naked people on the beach dancing to Latin music and drinking uh, uh, very strong Cuban coffee. And you hear the, uh, the upbeat, rapidy tap of that. And then you hear people coming out of New York City, and they live in a city where there's streets that are very straight and linear, and there's lights and, and people and subways, and everything's moving left or right, left or right, not really in circles. And you hear rhythms coming out of that. And so I grew up in Los Angeles, and I had very great experiences with the Venice Beach Drum Circle. And I saw that, that everyone loosened up when they got to the drum circle. Everyone put their bags down that was on their shoulder and started shaking their hips and having fun, and I thought, wow, drumming to me is a, is a social glue. It gets people to move, it gets people to talk, it gets people to hang out together. So I think the environment and personality goes right into the playing. So what if someone has multiple personalities? Can that fuck up a song? I mean, one minute they're playing in 15-8 time, they're in the pocket, and then all of a sudden they turn into Gigi Allen and start throwing their shit at the audience like a monkey. You know, you can't fuck up a song, but you can fuck up someone's day. And if someone gets shit thrown at them, could fuck up their day and i think the song is secondary on that point <laughs>